This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. This morning, Finance Minister Bill Morneau backed off the last of his original tax reform proposals that caused a huge backlash from small business. It's been quite the week for him and his government. The reforms were characterized as a way to close loopholes that the wealthy take advantage of to avoid paying their fair share. That in itself had small businesses crying foul. These reforms were also supposed to net the government billions of dollars. Instead, the government started the week by announcing a small business tax cut that will cost $3 billion over five years. Yesterday, they backed off higher taxes for so-called passive income in a corporation. So uh, the way they're doing that now is that a, a business... Investments in a business not related to the business can generate $50,000 a year in income before higher taxes kick in. And by the way, uh, you'd have to have uh, passive investments of about a million bucks to generate that. Um, Now, the farmers have been furious over proposed changes, a little complicated, related to the conversion of uh, income to capital gains, uh, but they would have made it hugely costly to pass on a family farm to a family member, to the younger generation. It would have been much cheaper to pass it on to sell it to a stranger. Well, that is now off the table. And all of this, as Bill Morneau has taken a huge hit amid revelations that he avoided putting his assets, his very considerable assets, into a blind trust through the use of a loophole. Uh, that is, by holding them in a corporation rather than holding them personally. Um, One commentator wrote that uh, the most lasting impact of all these tax reforms might be to Bill Morneau's reputation. So we want to know what you think. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now we go to Mark Wales, who is a farmer in Elgin County and serves on the Ontario Federation of Agriculture Board, and Michael Diamond, who is a principal with Upstream Strategy. Hi, welcome. Hello. Good afternoon, Libby. Okay, let's start with uh, Mark. Uh, So does this satisfy you? They seem to have backed off the thing that upset you the most. Yes, I I would really like to take this opportunity to thank the minister and the government for listening to us. It's been a a difficult ride for the last 90 days. And remember, this entire event started on July the 19th, a day after they made these announcements, and 90 days later... Uh, they've recognized that the capital gains implications to farmers and the extra cost, and, and quite frankly, it would have made no sense to sell to your kids any longer. They've taken that completely off the table. 
And I think they've done the right thing uh, on clarifying what the new rules would be for passive investments as well in regards to the income sprinkling, because that was a problem as well. We were concerned about the reasonableness test, and we have offered to work both with the PMO's office and the finance department to make sure that as they go forward and they look at what's the contribution of a family member, that it's done in a, in a fair manner and really recognizes how important uh, family members are to the, to the farm business going forward. So I think it's been a very positive week. I think they've listened. Kudos to them. Governments do not always get it right at the start of an exercise. And hopefully we can move forward now and actually deal with some of the important things out there, like NAFTA and that nut bar we have next door. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But has this done any damage? I mean, this whole exercise, right? Um, You know, the, the way it was done at first, this was unveiled in the dead of summer with a very short consultation period. Um, businesses, small businesses were characterized almost as, as tax cheats, Mark. Uh, so uh, has it left a bad taste in your mouth about dealing with this government? Or you think, great, you know, we got them to change their minds? Well, there's no argument. They rolled this out poorly. They had not thought it through. Uh, again, uh, I'm, I'm pleased that we've been able to work with them and get our message across. And it's not just farms as well. I mean, I look at this is important, these announcements for other rural small businesses who are also almost just as impacted because we have a high rate of uh, uh, turnover from one generation to the next, even in rural businesses like our supply and input dealers and businesses in small rural communities. So. I'm glad they listened. Uh, I, I had not anticipated spending my entire harvest season learning about something that's complicated and not the most thrilling stuff to do. Um, but we, we've committed to work with them, and we've committed to work sure they uh, to make sure that they get this right going forward. And they've said they will, so I will take them at their word. Okay, Michael Diamond, uh, what do you make of this entire saga? You know, it, it's been it's been fascinating to watch, and I think it uh, marks the middle of the end of the uh, Trudeau uh, honeymoon period. He obviously uh, hugely popular internationally, but in Canada, I think some of the uh, uh, some of the shine has come off, and it really started last year before Christmas with that Fidel Castro eulogy, and we just saw it then Cotter, and this is really, I think, uh, the um, the the middle of of that period. It's tough for a government to back off on something, especially something where they had their rank-and-file members so riled up that this was the right thing to do, that this was about tax fairness, which, you know, in in my opinion, never really was about. It was ill-conceived. It was a communications disaster. And and it's good to see that they've walked back on many of the provisions. But I think that um, if you you look at the damage, if you look at the Harper government, there was one incident that I can think of where they, they put out a proposal on a throne speech. There was a huge public backlash. And within a couple of days, they changed course, and that was on changing the lyrics to the national anthem. Uh, it took this government so long to even make it appear that they were listening to uh, the consultation they were having, that that's where so much of the damage uh, will be lasting, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and what about the way they rolled these changes out over three days? I mean, if if... I mean, I would have thought that if you're backtracking, if you've got your tail between your legs, you'd kind of get it all out at once, no? 
You know what? You rip it off exactly when you when you uh, have to admit that you were wrong about something. You don't want to uh, uh, better better uh, not have death by a hundred paper cuts. So it really is uh, a strange tactic. How I would have done it is really you know we're approaching the uh, end of a fall session and not too long. Really ram through some legislation, stop talking about this, and uh, prorogue Parliament, have a refresh with the throne speech in the new year, and really announce a new vision and a new course. And that would I think give them really uh, the time to say that they did reflect on the feedback and uh, admit they're wrong in a much different way. Well, they're also announcing a broad and new agenda. Okay, I want to get to this whole issue surrounding Bill Morneau and the way that's been handled. And and I'm hoping uh, that our listeners will weigh in on this as well. So, I mean, this really had me scratching my head because, you know, part of the problem with these reforms is that it characterized people as as, uh, using, quote, loopholes and kind of not paying their fair share. And then it turns out that that this extremely wealthy finance minister has used a loophole um, very similar involving a corporation, which is considered an entity in Canada, to avoid putting his assets into a blind trust. Uh, we also learn that so he actually owns all those shares in Morneau Chappelle, forty million bucks worth or something. And he has not recused himself from discussing a bill that governs pensions, which is that business. Um, Michael, what is the damage from that? You know, here's an interesting uh, stat that Warner Chappelle just declared a uh, dividend of 6.1 cents for October that will be paid at the end of the month on Halloween. That means Bill Morneau will be getting $147,000 in trick-or-treats, I think, uh, is the exact amount uh, or approximate amount of what his dividend is going to be. So that just shows the gravity of uh, of this. And uh, absolutely, when you're the finance minister, uh, you... You know, there's a reason budgets are announced after the close of markets. There's a reason that Jim Flaherty waited to announce his resignation as finance minister for the close of markets. Everything you do has an impact. So to to use a loophole to avoid having to place your asset in line trust is just it, it's something that won't sit well with uh, rank and file Canadians. And if, if you look at why the last Liberal government was tossed out, it was because of these sort of you know the, the rules didn't apply when you when you think back to the sponsorship scandal. But that took a long time for that government to get that uh, arrogant and out of touch with people. This is two years in, and and there's a few things. One, I actually think uh, Bill Moore knows a highly competent man. I've, uh, I think he's also a very nice man. I've, and, I've met him a few times. And but, principled is, is his reputation as extremely principled. Exactly. I mean, he this is like a, he was a star candidate in that riding because people, you know, not just on Bay Street but in the community, think so highly of Bill Morneau. This is this is a good guy. I mean, we can't uh, can't make words about that. But I think it's almost you have to look at the prime minister who put a rookie in uh, into this ministry. Jim Flaherty, of course, was new to Parliament, but he had been finance minister in Ontario, so he was bad all tested. So there's there's really two issues uh, when you're a uh, finance minister. You obviously have to be competent and uh, understand the file, and I think generally 
generally, uh, Bill Morneau, beyond the communications of this uh, rollout, has proven uh, apt at that. But it's, it's the communications, it's the political communicator that you need, the person who's going to deliver the budget and deliver the speeches and the consultations or the country. And so I think that was a mistake to put a rookie into this position. And also, if he had turned to someone like Scott Bryson, for example, who uh, definitely would be uh, considered even as, you know, I'm a conservative, but we consider Scott Bryson to be qualified for that role, uh, Minister Bryson out of Nova Scotia, he had already been a cabinet minister and a member of parliament for uh, since 1997, so a very long time, and definitely understood the rules that applied to ministers. There wouldn't be this type of conflict because he'd already been through this once before. Well, I mean, uh, let me give the numbers out again because I, I really would like to hear from our listeners on this, and we are going to move in and uh, on to an interesting poll about Justin Trudeau in a couple of minutes. So the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, right now we're talking about Bill Morneau. And the other thing that really strikes me is that it's hard to believe that, uh, you know, the according to reports, I haven't spoken to him, uh, he's hurt by all this, that that he didn't see this coming, that he didn't see that, that he didn't see this coming. And, and you know, the... You know, they, they seem to have a certain kind of, um, I'd say, self-righteousness where they think, you know, we would never cheat. We always have the purest of motives. Uh, Mark, um, what's your feeling on that? Well, your motives can be as pure as, as, as snow. But in this case, bad political mistake on the part of the minister. Hopefully he's learned his lesson. He should immediately put those shares in a trust and say... I, I made a mistake, I'm rectifying it, and move on, because <clears throat> politically everybody's busy taking their cheap shots right now. But there's a country to govern here, so they needed to get it right. But he did make a mistake here, and no argument, uh, this, this shouldn't have happened. We did go through a similar exercise, if you'll remember, when Paul Martin was finance minister, and he owned Canada's steamship lines. And I think we went through an exercise, and he finally did put that in the blind trust, and life went on. Yeah, and there was a whole controversy over, uh, you know, the uh, country of origin of his company. Yep. So I think we need to, uh, certainly the government needs to put this to rest, and Mr. Morneau needs to clean up this issue, and uh, everybody needs to move on, because uh, this is complicated enough, but there are so many issues swirling around the NAFTA negotiations that are going to be critical to the economy economy of this country, especially for small business as well as big business. But uh, uh, we got to get beyond this one. Bad mistake. Uh, deal with it. Admit you made a mistake. Solve it. Fix it. Move onward. Well, there there is word um, uh, that he is going to have more to announce on this uh, later today. Um, so I guess we'll see if that is going to be enough. You know, the problem for uh, Morneau and the Liberal government, though, is that the opposition critics on this matter are not going to be as understanding as Mark. Mm-hmm. So they're in for a very rough ride in question period yep. until they actually address uh, Bill Morneau's uh, actions. Okay, uh, we're is a blood sport. <laughs> well, exactly, um, and and perhaps uh, Mr. Morneau didn't quite uh, realize that. Okay, so um, we're going to be wrapping up this segment. We're going to be taking a break, but when we come back, um, we're going to be asking the question: How do you see Justin Trudeau, charismatic and modern, or arrogant? And flaky. And um, what do you think of the fact that he's an international 
celebrity. Um, so, Mark, uh, thanks very much. And, um, Michael, if you can stick around, that would be great. Certainly. We're, right now, we are going to be taking a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.